this evening, and we thank you for the opportunity we have to be together. Thank you for our brothers and sisters leading us to the throne of grace, singing never ceases before the throne, holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. While we're praying tonight, we pray for the Stokes family and uh, their loss of Royce today, and many of us know that family, and for others who are still struggling these days with loss and of loved ones, others who are dealing with uh, loved ones in the hospital and other needs, the misery and sadness of a lost world. Heavenly Father, all of these things we bring to you and we present them to you for you are the one who knows what we need even before we ask. So we pray for our brothers and sisters who are in their sadness and we pray for our brothers and sisters who are rejoicing. So we rejoice with those who rejoice and we, we weep with those who weep. We thank you for the fellowship we have with one another through the blood of Jesus Christ as your children. We pray, Lord, that tonight as we look at your word that you would help us to gain valuable instruction in understanding how you work in our suffering and why we suffer and why our world suffers. Help us to understand these vital truths for they help us in the days of our life in a world filled with misery and sadness and sin and sorrow. We look to the Lord Jesus and we are lifted up and encouraged and we overcome even in our sorrow. So give us your wisdom tonight as we look at your word and we pray for our brothers and sisters in their sorrow and sadness tonight. May you be all for them and may we find our own way to help them as we can. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, again, good to see all of you who are here tonight. If you did not pick up a copy of the outline, it, it would really help you if, you if you'd do that. There's some at the back, there's some here at the front. Lamentations is where we are. If you've never studied the book of Lamentations, uh, I would encourage you to invite uh, whoever has the time on Wednesdays or listen in as we go through this because these are very important words for all of us and they help us to understand something very valuable, dear friends, in our lives. If you have your Bible open to Lamentations, it's the small book right after the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. I want you to see again in the title. I didn't get to this last week and we'll be in chapter one again. The Lamentations of, notice, Jeremiah. The Lamentations of Jeremiah. It doesn't say the Lamentations of sinful Israel. It doesn't say the Lamentations of a, of a, a sinful Israelite. It is, these are the Lamentations of the man of God. These are the Lamentations of Jeremiah the prophet. 52 chapters. 52 chapters, not one word in the Word of God is wasted. 52 chapters and 34 verses in the last chapter. We read it in detail last week. Here's a man who is called the weeping prophet. His entire ministry was one of sadness and rejection. In fact, when Jeremiah is called... God says to him, you're going to preach and no one's going to listen to what you have to say. And so these are the lamentations of a holy man of God. 
He is lamenting for those who will not lament for themselves. I hope you're listening because this is important. We're going to learn the practice of lamenting. I, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be your pastor as best I can. So Wednesday night's my chance to really drill into this. We must learn the importance of spiritual lamenting in our lives. It's why some of us can't get past our sadness and our sorrow. It's why some of us, when we talk to people, they bring something up that's perhaps 30 years old. So there are these things that we must learn to do. Hear this holy man. These are the lamentations of the holy man, the holy prophet of God, who in many ways were reminded of the Lord Jesus, a man of sorrows acquainted with much grief. The Lord Jesus came to this world, a land filled with sin and wickedness and ungodliness. He, was, he came to his own and his own rejected him. A man of sorrows acquainted with much grief. Jeremiah is a picture of that from the Old Testament. And by the way, he writes these lamentations on behalf of those who won't write for themselves. He speaks on their behalf. Look, friends, I know that it's not popular. Hey, you know, I was talking to Lori Snow who helps us promote everything. I said, Lori, I got a real big job for you. You're going to have to promote that I'm going to preach on the most favorite subject of everybody in the church, suffering. And I'm hoping I won't empty the place out. But Lamentations, to repeat myself from last week, forces us to face suffering. And that's not what American Christians want to do. We'd rather do anything than think about suffering. In fact, it's a good Christian who will sit with their friend when they're suffering, listen, and endure what their friends are saying about their sufferings. Most of the time it is <clears throat> someone starts to tell us about their suffering and it is, well, but boy, isn't it a beautiful day outside? Well, you know, these things come and go. Or as I heard and I was shocked by it one time with a brother, we were visiting someone who had a terrible situation. He said, well, you know, que sera, sera, whatever. I looked at him and thought, what, what in the world are you saying? Well, you just have to move on. Well, the water runs under the bridge. Do I need to keep giving you these metaphors? These sayings. Well, this too shall pass. Sometimes it doesn't pass. It stays an entire lifetime. So what do we do with suffering? Pretend like it's not real? Help people pretend and overlook it and have happy talks and no. Lamentations forces us to face our and others' suffering. And when someone else can't lament, this is part of being an intercessor. We pray and lament for those who cannot lament for themselves. Now tonight we come to a very hard thing we must talk about. We must talk about the anger of God that leads to the judgment of God. And I have, because you've been here with me, most of you I know you and you come on Sundays and I'm thankful you're here. You know we've been in 1 John. We know. <clears throat> we have come. 1 John 4, 16. We, the, the, the statement of assurance. We've all been looking at this together. We have come to know and have believed the love of God which He has for us. Oh, the 
the paradise of the love of God in our minds. But as we talk about the love of God, we also are reminded in the Word of God that the God of grace is a God who also is a God of warning, and God resists the proud, and God is a God who through His prophets and through the Lord Jesus Christ and His teachings have reminded us that those who will not hear the Word of God, those who will not repent, <clears throat> live under the anger of God while they're in this world, and then they are, and in God's patient anger, Finally, sadly, judgment comes. Repeated judgments come throughout the, throughout the Old Testament to remind us, listen here, my friends, brothers and sisters, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. That's why the Word of God has much to tell us about judgment and the anger of God, as well as the glorious love of God. You see, unless I see the blackness and the darkness of sin and the judgment of God upon that sin, I'll never see the beauty and the light and glory of the love of God. It is the greatest contrast in the Word of God. <clears throat> so we read again Lamentations chapter 1. If you're with us for the first time, this is what we'll be doing for some time. And we'll be talking about the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Lamentations 1.1. 1, 1, How lonely sits the city that was full of people. She has become like a widow who was once great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a forced laborer. She weeps bitterly in the night and her tears are on her cheeks. She has none to comfort her among all her lovers. And her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile under affliction and under harsh servitude. She dwells among the nations. Please note that phrase. I'll come back to it. She dwells among the nations, which is a shock, which was never God's intention, which was never the will and purpose of God for Israel. But she has found no rest. All her pursuers have overtaken her in the midst of, in the midst of, dis, of distress. The roads of Zion are in mourning because no one comes to the appointed feasts. All her gates are desolate, her priests are groaning, her virgins are afflicted, and also herself is bitter. Her adversaries have become her masters, her enemies prosper. Then the next phrase will be important for us tonight. For the Lord has caused her grief because of the multitude of her transgressions. Her little ones have gone away as captives before the adversary. All her majesty has departed from the daughter of Zion. Her princes have become like deer. They have found no pasture. And they have fled without strength before the pursuer. In the days of her affliction and homelessness, Jerusalem remembers all her precious things that were from the days of old. When her people fell into the hand of the adversary and no one helped her, the adversaries saw her. They mocked at her ruin. Jerusalem sinned greatly. 
Therefore, she has become an unclean thing. All who honor her despise her. All who honored her despise her because they have seen her nakedness. Even she herself groans and turns away. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She did not consider her future. Therefore, she has fallen astonishingly. She has no comforter. See, O Lord, my affliction, for the enemy has magnified himself. The adversary has stretched out his hand over all her precious things, for she has seen the nations enter her sanctuary, the ones whom you commanded that they should not enter into your congregation. All her people groan, seeking bread. They have given their precious things for food to restore their lives themselves. See, O Lord, and look, for I am despised. Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. Here's the next phrase. Which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. From on high he set fire, sent fire into my bones, and it prevailed over them. He has spread a net for my feet. He has turned me back. He has made me desolate, faint all day long. The yoke of my transgressions is bound. By his hand they are knit together. They have come upon my neck. He has made my strength fail. The Lord has given me into the hands of those against whom I am not able to stand. The Lord has rejected all my strong men in my midst. He has called an appointed time against me to crush my young men. The Lord has trodden as in a winepress the virgin daughter of Judah. For these things I weep. My eyes run down with water because far from me is a comforter, one who restores my soul. My children are desolate. Because the enemy has prevailed. Zion stretches out her hands. There is no one to comfort her. The Lord has commanded concerning Jacob that the ones round about him should be his adversaries. Jerusalem has become an unclean thing among them. The Lord is righteous. For I have rebelled against his command. Hear now all peoples and behold my pain. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. I called to my lovers, but they deceived me. My priests and my elders perished in the city while they sought food to restore their strength themselves. See, O Lord, for I am in distress. My spirit is greatly troubled. My heart is overturned within me, for I have been very rebellious. In the streets the sword slays, in the house it is like death. They have heard that I groan. There is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my calamity. They are glad that you have done it. Oh, that you would bring the day which you have proclaimed, that they may become like me. Let all their wickedness come before you. And deal with them as you have dealt with me for all my transgressions. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. 
Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Last phrase of the entire chapter. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. This is the testimony of those who choose to reject God, live in their sin, and face the judgment of God. These will be the words of those whom we have preached the gospel to and shared the gospel generation after generation while the Lord, what did Peter say? The Lord is patient, not wishing that any should perish, but all should come to eternal life. As the gospel has been shared in successive generations since the early church, Many have said yes and trusted the Lord Jesus, but the vast multitude of those on this planet have said no and rejected the gospel. And these are the words, my groans are many and my heart is faint. That's what the sinner, unrepentant sinner says in their sin. So I have for you these points of observation from what we see tonight. We're going to look at some verses in the book of Jeremiah. I couldn't take all of them. After all, it's 52 chapters. But I want to lace together for you some of the picture here of what's important for us to see. I gave you verse number 12 at the top of your outline. Again, I want to talk to you about the pain of pains. You know what the pain of pains is? When God inflicts judgment on rebellious sinners who will not repent. That is the pain of pains. Because that pain is eternal death. That pain is the second death. That pain is standing at the white throne judgment. And the books are opened and there's no name found in the book of life. Only men and women standing saying, my deeds are enough. My good deeds are enough. My name's enough and it's not enough. The pain of pains is experiencing eternal judgment, separation from the Lord Jesus forever. This is a temporary judgment. This was the judgment. This was the judgment on Jerusalem and Israel in time, carried off by the Babylonians. We know the story. God restored them and brought them back so that the rest of the gospel could come and the Lord Jesus could come in time. But this temporary judgment of God, which is severe, reminds us of the most severe of all judgments to be permanently separated. Oh, the words of the Lord depart from me. I never knew you are worth. That's the pain of pains. So as we think about our own pain and we think about the pains of others, don't forget the pain of pains. Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there is any pain like my pain which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of his fierce anger. And if you do not think this is the pain of pains, let me remind you, all of us who are the saved here tonight, there was one who, ex who experienced and these very words could be put in the mouth of the Lord Jesus as he hung on the cross. Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there's any pain like my pain. There's never been pain inflicted on any human being like the pain inflicted, the wrath of God poured out upon the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross so that we might be saved and exchange our sinfulness for the righteousness of Christ. The Lord inflicted, my God, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. 
My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? And then we read in Jeremiah 15, 6, there at the top of your outline, you have forsaken me, declares the Lord. Now the Lord gives through the prophet to Israel. Here's what the Lord says about their relationship. You have forsaken me, declares the Lord. You keep going backward. So I will stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. Jeremiah 15, 16. Number one, the sins of unrepentant, rebellious Israel are clear to us. And I've just given, instead of having you to turn to Jeremiah, I've given it to you if you want to study these things on your own. These are some places you can go, but I'll just quote to you what, what was happening here. The children of Israel had the law of God. They had Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They had the law of God. They had these blessed things that David gave. They had the Psalms. They had the Proverbs. They had Ecclesiastes, the song. They had these things. They had all of these beautiful things. They had the law of God. They had, they had already prophets among them speaking. And now they're blessed with Jeremiah. They will not listen to Jeremiah. They will not listen to the man of God. They see, but they do not see. This is Jeremiah 5, 21. The Lord's, so the disciples come to him and he's telling parables. Why do you tell parables? The Lord said, because they see, but they do not see. You see, this is the condition of those without Christ. This is the condition of rebellious sinners. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Well, some, you know, sinners and, and people, you know, they're in their sin and they really, you know, they're rebelling against God. When you say no to Jesus Christ, you're a rebel against God. They do not see. They see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. They do not fear God. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Paul takes many of these things and lays them together in Romans chapter 3. Describing the sinfulness of sin. Their heart is stubborn and rebellious, Jeremiah says. And they refuse to repent of their sinfulness. They love sin. They love their sin and they, love, they are comfortable in it. What, did, what, did, uh, what do we have at the end of uh, the first chapter of John? As John the Baptist is speaking about the Lord Jesus as the light. Men love darkness more than they love the light. This is what the Lord said. Men love darkness more than the light. People don't want to be disturbed from their sinfulness. And when the word of God comes, when we preach or when we share the gospel, when we say to somebody, I used to be like you. I used to live in my sinfulness and my ungodliness. They don't want to hear that. They're comfortable in their sin. They refuse to repent of their sinfulness and they worship idols. They, they were worshiping idols in the temple of God. This is, this is an astounding statement worth me reading to you. This is the glorious temple of God. This is uh, the temple <laughs> that was given and made by Solomon, the glorious temple. Jeremiah 7.30, For the sons of Judah have done that which is evil in my sight, declares the Lord. They have set up their detestable things in the house, which is called by my name, to defile it. They have built the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, and it did not come to my mind. Chapter 
child sacrifice in Topheth. Child sacrifice in Topheth. Sending your children through the fire. This detestable, demonic practice was practiced by God's people who had the Word of God. It's one thing for the God of Molech to be worshipped by those in ignorance and sin and godlessness, these doctrines of demons, but for Israel to practice? How far are they from the Word of God? How far are they from hearing the warnings of the prophets of God to return, to obey the Word of God? So I give it to you here from uh, chapter 7 in the judgment of God on unrepentant Israel. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when it will no longer be called Topheth, but the valley of slaughter. It won't be the valley of Hinnom, it will be the valley of slaughter. This was a I gave you the note at the bottom of that uh, note there. Topheth is a location in Jerusalem uh, in the Valley of Hinnom. You can look on, you have Google Maps. <laughs> we, you may not have ever been to Israel, but all you got to do is get your Google Maps out and you can do your own tour. Anytime you have a name or you find a location in the Old Testament, just Google it, right? Google it. And it'll come right up for you. Topheth is a location in Jerusalem, the Valley of Hinnom, where worshipers engaged in passing children through the fire to the false god Molech. I just want you to pause and think about what that would be like. To pass living children through a fire. And these are the people who have the word of God. These are those who are the children of Abraham. They are the descendants of Moses and the 12 tribes. These are those who have the blessing of most of the Old Testament already with the exception of some prophets who are among them. The days are coming, declares the Lord, will no longer be called Topheth, but the valley of slaughter, for they will bury in Topheth because there is no other place. There'll be so many buried in Jerusalem, there's no more room. They bury them in the valley of slaughter. The dead bodies of the people will be food for the birds of the sky and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. Then I will make to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, for the land will become a ruin. This is the judgment of God on rebellious Israel. In Jeremiah 15, the Lord appoints doom in, on the rebellious. He says these words to them that are, that are quite strong. I, I want you to see tonight, sometimes there are those who would back up and say, oh, well, we have a God of love, and so He certainly would not uh, do, uh, He would not inflict pain or judgment, but that is a false teaching. You see, sin, the The response of God to unrepentant sin is the righteousness and holiness and wrath of God, which comes in judgment. And so the Lord brings this judgment because 
of disobedience and rebellion. I appoint over them four kinds of doom. This is Jeremiah 15. Four kinds of doom. The sword to slay. I want you to read this now. The dogs to drag off. Not dragging off animals, dragging off people. The sword to slay, the dogs to drag off, the birds of the sky, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. Four kinds of doom. The Lord makes them an object of horror to others. Verse 4, I will make them an, an object of horror among all the kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh. You see here the son of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, and what he did. The Lord will cause anguish and dismay. 15.8 Their widows will be more numerous before me than the sand of the seas and I will bring against them against the mother of a young man a destroyer at noonday and I will suddenly bring down on her anguish and dismay. The Lord withdraws His peace. Chapter 16 verse 5 For thus says the Lord do not enter a house of mourning or go to lament or to console them, for I have withdrawn my peace from this people, declares the Lord. I have withdrawn my peace and my loving kindness and compassion. The pain of pains to not know the love of God. The pain of God's judgment on repentant Israel. Further, you see the world ignores the pain of pains. They don't even believe judgment will come. It's a, was it not a joke? Noah's doing this work and everybody thought he was a fool. You're doing what? You're building what? But then the rains came and the judgment came and God shut the door and they begged to get in. The world ignores the pain of pains. It's a figment of our imagination. It's all of us religious people who want to scare people. The pain of pains is the judgment of God on rebellious sinners. It's the pain of God's judgment. So I read from you. I, 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 I printed it out because it's just easier to have it on your paper. Jeremiah 16.10 When you tell these people all these words, they will say to you, notice now, Jeremiah is going to preach judgment. Hey, let's go hear the preacher preach on judgment. No, I don't want to do that. Let's go hear the preacher give us some happy talk. Peace, peace, where there's no peace. When you tell these people these words, they will say to you, for what reason has the Lord declared all this great calamity against us? And what is our iniquity and what is our sin which we have committed against the Lord our God? You will say, it is because your forefathers have forsaken me and have followed other gods and served them and bowed down to them. But me they have forsaken and have not kept my law. You too have done evil. You, like father, like son. You too have done evil, even more than your fathers, forefathers. For behold, you are, each of you are walking according to the stubbornness of your own heart without listening to me, so I will hurt you, I will hurl you out of this land into the land which you have not known, neither you nor your fathers, and you will serve other gods day and night, and I will not grant you favor. So when it comes to the severity of God's judgment, 
We come back now to Lamentations. Did you see all of those phrases about God and His judgment? I read it to you. For the Lord has caused her grief. The Lord has caused her grief. It's interesting for us to see this. The Lord is causing grief on those who are unwilling to repent of their sins. We see this devastating statement in verse number 3. She dwells among the nations. And I want you to pause right here and see that God has fulfilled what Moses warned Israel of in the book of Deuteronomy. Keep your finger in Lamentations and turn in your Bible. I didn't get it in your notes, but I want you to read it with me. It's quite powerful. In Deuteronomy chapter 28. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, you have the blessings and the cursings. The blessings and the cursings. Moses stood on one mountain and preached the blessing. By the way, Deuteronomy is one sermon. You know that. It's one sermon. Aren't you glad Pastor Mike doesn't preach that long? One sermon. And they were standing up the whole time. Now, stands on one mountain and pronounces the blessings of obedience. We just finished the Beatitudes. God blesses those who are poor in spirit. God blesses those who are But then he stands on the opposite mountain and he declares the curses. Curses come on disobedience. At the very end of the chapter, Deuteronomy 28, beginning in verse 64. Listen to the words of Moses now. Now, what did I read to you? I read one phrase. Lamentations 1.3. She dwells among the nations. Israel dwells among the nations. Moreover, the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And there you shall serve other gods, wood and stone, which you and your fathers have not known. Among those nations you shall find no rest. And there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. But, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing of eyes, and despair of soul. So your life shall hang in doubt before you, and you will be in dread night and day, and you shall have no assurance of your life. I'm describing pain of pains here. In the morning, listen to this, in the morning, you'll say, oh, I wish it were evening. And at evening, you'll say, oh, I wish it was morning. Because of the dread of your heart which you dread and for the sight of your eyes which you will see, the Lord will bring you back to Egypt in ships by the way which I spoke to you. You will never see it again and there you will, you'll never see the promised land again and there you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves but there will be no more buyer. She dwells among the nations. All of Joshua's work, all of Moses' work, all of the commands. There were many reasons why the Lord commanded for the removal of those godless nations that have to do with demonic religious practices and other matters related to that. God is not unjust in trying to move other people out and give the Jewish people that land. There are many reasons for that that I just mentioned one, Topheth. 
Go, go Google the God of Molech. Go Google it. You don't believe the preacher. We, we turn away in shock just to hear and think about it. Jeremiah 7, 12. This is the severity of God's anger in judgment. Behold, my anger, my wrath will be poured out on this place. Jeremiah 7, 23 and following. God describes the sinfulness of the people. And then 24, you shall say to them, this nation that did not obey the voice of the Lord, their God, or accept correction, truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. God sends the severity of personal uh, suffering. Distress comes on the unrepentant. Troubled spirit comes. Why? I said it to this church before. Why do you see people in such misery? Why will they, why will people go out in their distress and pain, in their sinful condition, and use terrible chemicals to try to find something to inject in their body in order to have peace? Or who will buy bottle after bottle of alcohol and consume it to try to dull their mind? Or take drugs of any kind and prescription drugs? Because distress, because pain and troubled souls are associated with sin. Emotional distress comes upon the unrepentant. Convicting, the convicting power of God comes. Finally, people say, you see, this, this happens all the time when people come among God's people and, and are in church and they see the power of God and they know it's real and they feel it, but they don't want to stay around it. When I was, when I was a pastor in California many years ago, we had some people come to our church and they, these men were, we'd been sharing the gospel with these men who live in a certain part of uh, Bakersfield rough part of town and we said you should come we were having some meetings with the men and we were preaching man they got in there and they were they didn't know what to think they left in a hurry we said why did you go why didn't you stay they said because we couldn't take the pressure we felt in there and they said didn't you feel it I said no we didn't feel the pressure you felt the pressure because the Holy Spirit is pushing you to say, get away from your sin. Follow Jesus. But they would not. Psalm 32, 3 and 4, when I kept silent about my sin, here's David's description of the same thing. When I kept silent about my sin, what happens when you and I will not confess our sin as believers? Oh, there's pain in it. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. See, this is what those men were saying to us. Didn't you feel the pressure? And I said, no, I didn't feel the pressure. I felt the joy and love of God. But when I am a rebellious sinner and choose to say no to God, I feel, I feel this pain of pains. You see, God in His grace lets a, a sinner feel and be convicted of the pain of pains before the end so that they might repent. This is the grace of God and this is how I end tonight. 
Because in the midst of all of this about the judgment of God, and we could say many other things. <clears throat> oh, and I, mentioned, I didn't mention it to you. So Lamentations chapter 1, you saw the, the description. The Lord has caused grief, verse 5. Uh, verse number 12, He has severely dealt with us. And then He describes it from verse 13 down through verse 15. He has sent fire into my bones. He spread a net before my feet. He's turned me back. He's made my way desolate. I'm faint all day. The yoke of my sin is bound and he, by His hands it's all knit together and they've come upon my neck. I'm carrying the weight of my sin. It's pushing me down. God's put it on me. He's given me into the hands. He says, this is the wrath of God. He gives us over to what we want. He gives us over. Romans chapter 1, He gives us over. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. He gives us over to godlessness. He gives us over to all kinds of sexual impurity. He gives us over to all of these things, worshiping and serving the creature rather than the Creator. But there is grace in mercy, even in the judgment of God, my friends. This is why we preach the gospel. Jeremiah 16, behold, the days are coming. I love those words throughout all the prophets. You know, many of you were here with me when we studied the book of 12. That was, we studied the minor prophets. Always in the minor prophets, you have this beautiful picture. Yes, here's the warning and judgment to Israel, but there was always a promise related to the Messiah who is coming, the Lord Jesus. And the beauty of the the beauty of the book of 12, the beauty of the minor prophets is that you have both prophecies of the first coming of the Lord Jesus and his second coming. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Behold, the days are coming. Behold, I say to all of you, the days are coming. The days are coming. It won't always be like it is today. It won't always be a time of grace. It will not always be a time of mercy. It will not always be a time for people to have the opportunity to, oh, behold, the days are coming declares the Lord, when it will no longer be said as the Lord lives who brought up the sons of Israel out of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of the north. Praise God. They're going to return. And they did. And from all the countries where He has banished them, for I will restore them to their land which I gave to the fathers. You see, God made promises to Abraham. God made promises to David that will be fulfilled through the nation of Israel to this very hour and in the days ahead, do not dismiss those. When you dismiss those, you are, you are misunderstanding the Davidic covenant. You are misunderstanding the Abrahamic covenant because there is a relationship to Israel all the way to the end of time. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David. Oh, wait a minute. Here's our best news with one minute to go. I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Do you see it in the obscurity in the time? In the times these prophets, these strange preachers that God sent to Israel in all of its various days and generations, I will raise up a righteous branch. He's pointing to the Lord Jesus. He's the righteous branch. And He will reign as King and act wisely and do justice in the land. The Lord Jesus 
finished His first coming by His death. But when He comes again, He will reign where the sun, as the songwriter said it, doth its successive courses run. And that's why I say to this church all the time, the Lord is near to the door. The Lord is dear to the door. Are you ready? Are you ready? I go to see my friend Kois today, and his son is now in heaven. He was at the gym at 5.30 this morning. 65 years old. Younger than me and younger than some of you. Now he's in heaven. No more time. Time is up. Time is up. What does it take? What does it take to wake us up? The anger of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. These are, what, these are things we must remember and, remember, and I could have given you ten other things. The anger of God leads to suffering. Look, you know why people are miserable? They say they're happy, but they're miserable. They're miserable. A happy drunk is a miserable man. A carousing, godless, sexual pervert is a miserable man or woman. There's nothing there. The materialist chasing the money and the land is miserable. The pain of pains that comes with unrepentance. You see, as long as I live in this world and I suppress the truth, oh, I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I don't want to hear about the gospel. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. The anger of God is the word against all unrighteousness of those who suppress the truth. I don't want to hear about it. Don't come tell me. The unrepentant sinner tonight, your friends and my, my friends, your neighbors and my neighbors who do not know Jesus, listen, they are under the wrath of God. Does that matter to us? I'm talking to the church here. Does that matter to us? Do we care that they're about to go to hell? Do we? Re well, everybody in my family is good. Well, congratulations. Is, is that it? So we read those terrifying words. <clears throat> I'm three minutes past, and I know some of you got to get your kids, please. Just give me one second. I read them to us all again because they are terrifying words for the lost. I, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small. Go through history, all those biographies that you've watched on the History Channel, the great and the small, standing before the throne and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged from the things which were written 
in the books according to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them and they were judged, every one of them, according to their deeds. What horrible words. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So we hear these words tonight from Lamentations. And we remember them one more time. This is, what, this is what your lost friend is really saying to you. Is it nothing to all of you who pass this way? Look and see if there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on the day of His fierce anger. How we pray for those who are not saved that they might come to know the Lord Jesus. And may our church be dedicated and committed to following Jesus, loving other people like Jesus, and telling the world about Jesus until He comes to the praise of the glory of His grace. He is near to the door and we pray, come Lord Jesus. Thank you so much for listening and being here. I do mean it truly. Invite your friends as we're talking about lamentations. This will be very good for them. If you're here tonight and you're experiencing suffering or you feel, suffer, you feel the suffering of your friend, perhaps you go home and write down how you feel. To God. Just write it down. You've got Jeremiah's example. Write it down. Write it down. Write down everything. Just put it down on a piece of paper. And read it before the Lord. I promise you it will help you as you seek to overcome the sorrows of your life. Well, we'll have more to say about that in the days ahead. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. How we are sobered by it tonight. We are reminded of the judgment of God which is coming. Oh, the horror of the final judgment. May we do whatever we can to share the gospel with as many as we can before that fateful day. May you stir our emotions about the lost who are living in pain under the wrath of God, acting as if all is well. Touch our hearts. Make us tender. Make us to weep for the lost who have no hope unless they come to know Jesus and are saved. May you burden our church with that so that we might be better for it. And bless these wonderful dear people who are here. Bless them and their families. And we thank you for the time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of the week. And, and Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Say hello to somebody on your way out. And I apologize that I'm five minutes past. But anyway, that's what happened. At least it's not Deuteronomy, so be happy. <laughs>